Welcome to episode three of Pop Quarantine. My name is Leah and I'm your host for this episode where we'll talk about the film industry and how it's been impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic. We'll talk about everything from the movie theater experience to a film insider's take on how this industry has been shaped by the global pandemic. Stay tuned. First, we'll hear from Ethan, who will provide for us an insightful take on how the industry has been affected on the inside, and then we'll hear from moviegoers about their experience with going to the movies during the COVID-19 pandemic. The American film industry was hit very hard due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Many movies were delayed or outright canceled due to the circumstances the world suddenly found itself in. Directors, actors, and crews had to adapt on the fly, and they did what they could to keep working, but ultimately there is no replacement for being together on set. Think about how many people go into making a blockbuster movie. The credits you sit through while waiting for the stinger at the end of every Marvel movie you go to, thousands of names, names of the people who needed to be there, present, in attendance throughout a months-long process of filming a major blockbuster. When that becomes unsafe, how do you proceed? With Hollywood being forced inside like the rest of the world, film delays were inevitable. Major players in the industry were forced to delay their top movies, and 2020 was a very strange year for releases. Many blockbusters had to stop production for many months, packing 2021 even more full with films that were supposed to come out the year prior. Not only were studios concerned about the process of shooting a movie, but they were also worried about the release of one. Many people did not feel safe returning to a movie theater until months after the vaccine was available, and lots are still not comfortable. Strategic release timing was necessary to get as many people as possible to pay for your movie, with some companies even delaying completely finished films for months just to accomplish this. University of Utah student Zaire Roman says he still doesn't feel safe returning to the movie theater. I guess I didn't really feel safe at any certain point, because almost all the big movies... If you try to go at like when they release they're they're always packed some movie theaters started having those uh those like uh what's it called those recliner seats and it was pretty easy to to get those and like to get like kind of more separated between people but a lot of other ones didn't have that sort of thing or if you live in a place where you don't get those big nice seat and like distance between people then it was still kind of unsafe there's like days where it's not really busy but you have school or work or anything in between when it's uh when it's not busy then it's can't really still can't really go if you're too worried about it and people eat in the movie theater so it's not like it's not really like everyone wears a mask inside or like it can really be enforced so yeah not relatively safe uh after covid matt bradshaw says he'd go to a theater but he'd make sure to wear his mask um i'm fully vaccinated I know a lot of people don't, you know, but uh, I'd wear a mask, probably. Yeah. yeah, I'd go. Some studios adopted concurrent releases of movies, both in person at the theater and streaming on demand, to watch digitally. This is a decision that some companies are likely to keep in some capacity going forward, forever changing the landscape of film releases. Let's look at some recent blockbusters as examples. The latest James Bond movie, No Time to Die, was originally scheduled for release in November of 2019. It was delayed due to a directing change to early 2020, but unfortunately the pandemic had other ideas. To ensure that the movie would be able to be released safely and was a commercial success, it was postponed until November of 2020. 
Many more delays followed, with the film eventually hitting U.S. theaters in October of 2021. That was nearly two years after the original release date. No Time to Die was one of the first films to be affected by the pandemic, but it certainly was not the last. Disney, the titan of the film industry, was forced to make some tough decisions as well. Black Widow, the next planned Marvel movie, was finished and almost ready to be released when COVID-19 showed up in the United States. The film was delayed numerous times, eventually culminating in a July 2021 release in theaters and streaming on Disney+. For access to the film on the streaming service, subscribers had to pay an extra $30 on top of their subscription fee. This was a new thing for many viewers, and there are many mixed opinions on this strategy. So uh, how do you feel about that? Would you pay an extra $30 to watch a movie at home rather than going to the theater? Oh, hell no. No, it's... It... It doesn't really make that much sense because um, $30 is like kind of the price for like a lot of movies on DVD and like to own and stuff like on other like on YouTube or like Google Play or anything like that. It's like it's already kind of a high price. And I don't even if I can only watch it once in my in my home, it doesn't really compare to the experience at a movie theater. It's it, yeah, it doesn't make sense because I don't have a movie theater at home and you go to the movie theater for the nice sound, the big uh, the big screen, um, the better, uh, you know, environment for, for watching like a big, big screen movie. But if it's like $30, just like on my couch, it's, it doesn't even really make any sense, especially if I can only watch it once. I can't, I don't even own it. So it's a one and done. Nah, it doesn't make any sense. Not for me. Shabil Kuchelyev says that he just gets his movies for free regardless. I can watch it for free at home by watching on a dark website. You would go to a, an illegal website and watch it there? Yes, sir. So rather than paying the 30 bucks, you just stream it illegally? Yes, because it's free. Things have definitely changed in the film industry, and we are finally getting caught up in terms of many of the delayed movies finally having been released. Some of the changes will be permanent and some temporary, but there's no denying the impact that COVID-19 has had on film. Justin was able to sit down with Jason, a producer at Avalanche Studios, which is a local film studio based here in Salt Lake City. Jason will tell us a little bit about how the industry has been affected on the inside. So first, Jason, tell me a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I'm one of the uh, two producers at Avalanche Studios. So Dave Lindsay is the owner of the company. He, uh, he's the other producer at Avalanche, and he and I uh, produce all the projects. Um, so... That, producing is one of those roles in uh, in film that has uh, uh, just a lot of different moving parts. But basically, um, I work really closely with the client, uh, understanding the vision of what they want their video to look like, and and be uh, oversee scripting, um, hiring crews, uh, getting equipment, um, uh, filming the actual uh, videos that we do. Uh, often, uh, I'll also direct, uh, depending on what the, uh, the project is and then, uh, oversee the post-production as well. So we got a, a team of in-house editors that, uh, that does most of our, uh, post-production work. And, and so as a producer, oversee that and, uh, just make sure that those people that we're producing videos for are happy with the content they're getting and, and, uh, and that their videos are functioning the way that they want them to. So. Are there any maybe some examples of some published productions out there that you have worked on that you'd be uh, okay talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I can talk about uh, you know. There's a uh, uh, 
a campaign that we did for uh, Utah.com. Um, it, it's a few years old now, but uh, but the purpose of the campaign was to get um, uh, people to visit Utah from outside of Utah to vacation in Utah. And so we knew that we wanted to do a, uh, a project that, uh, that utilizes uh, tilt shift photography, where it makes everything look kind of miniature and, and, uh, and having it move around like it's small toys. Um, and, uh, and it was a great way to show off the landscape of Utah and, and all the fun things that could be done in Utah. Uh, but in order to, to do that campaign, we also had to come up with a reason to use tilt-shift photography or justification uh, for that type of uh, footage. And what we did is we wrote a script um, about recess and comparing, um, reminding people what it was like to play as a kid and and what it was like to play at recess and going outside and being with your friends and and playing with toys and other things. And, and uh, we're showing footage of, of Utah uh, all miniature and, and down in scale and, and the, you know, the Jeeps going through the, the Moab uh, terrain look like little toys going over that or, or the skiers look like, you know, little models going down uh, uh, the, uh, the mountain and, and uh, turned Utah into this, uh, this playground. And so um, that was a, that was a cool project. One of the other cool things about that project, you know, is, is we had to pitch that concept and idea um, but then we had to execute it. And that was one of those things where we're executing this video for an entire year because we're, we got to get stuff in the spring and the summer and, and the fall and the winter to show kind of, kind of the diversity of that. And so it was, it was multiple shoots over, over a year. And, uh, and then we were able to edit it. Um, the post-production was kind of cool too, because it, it played obviously, uh, like on, on online and whatnot, but it also played in Times Square on some of those buildings, and uh, and so we had to export it uh, tall and skinny and and in other ways so that it could play in in uh, in different environments. So that was a cool project that uh, that we produced at Avalanche. I saw like looking on the website that like you know you guys have like worked with like HBO and and other like notable uh, like networks and stuff. You guys are mostly do like promos. Have you ever been involved in any like yeah, film work yeah, or anything I, like that? Yeah. So, yeah. so uh, specifically with HBO, they uh, they hired us to film some of their behind the scenes um, for uh, Westworld, and so we went out on the set of Westworld that was being filmed in uh, in Southern Utah. I wasn't on that crew, but uh, but uh, our other guys went out and. Uh, we're able to do, uh, to interview actors and shoot B-roll of the that giant uh, set and production that was going on, and that was uh, that was really cool. We also um, we also do our own projects too, right? So we just finished our documentary Dog Valley. So that's a feature length Dog Valley that uh, or a feature length uh, documentary that we filmed, filmed called Dog Valley. It's about um, a, a young man in 1988 that was murdered in southern utah for being gay and so we uh we were able to go through his story um talk to uh to those who are closest to him talk to the uh the uh the sheriff's department and deputies that that solved the the case and and uh, convicted two men of uh of the murder and and uh 
were able to do that project. And so, yeah, some of the stuff we sure we could hire it out by, by big companies to do other stuff like this. We find passion projects that, that we believe in and, and stories like Gordon Church's story that, that we uh, wanted the world to hear about. And so that, that, that documentary actually just released at the beginning of this month. So October of uh, 2021, it became available. So, you know, we're still kind of reeling the effects of the way the world changed in March of last year. So I am definitely curious, especially with like how much things have gone remote when all of that was coming about, how did you guys have to adapt to that? Like how was like, like, you know, the uh, initial response when the, the outbreak was really, really hitting hard. And, um, and then like, once you kind of guys got into the flow of that, how were you guys like trying to adapt to that uh, throughout much of last year? Yeah. So I think the, the biggest thing we saw is, is um, the companies we work for, a lot of the events that they put on that we go out and film or conduct interviews at or whatever, those events went away, right? They weren't gathering people together. And in fact, the, uh, when, the, when everything really hit, we were actually on one of those shoots down in New Mexico filming with the, with the company and, and then flew home and, and then we're grounded for about a year and a half, you know, where we didn't go out on, on productions outside of the state to, to film stuff. Um, but we also saw that our clients um, would shift their funding or their budgeting, not their funding, their budgets uh, into other areas, right? And so instead of putting on a big convention, they would do virtual conventions, right? And instead of having us fly out and conduct interviews with clients, we started doing interviews just like you and I are doing right now over Zoom, right? Where we would, we would literally record a Zoom interview that we conducted and uh, and then drop in B-roll on top of those interviews. And uh, one of the, the uh, you know, and it's ugly, right? Like a, a Zoom camera and everything. It's just not, uh, it's not a, uh, not the best way to film. But the content is still there, right? And, and if you have good content, then uh, production value can be forgiven a little bit more. And especially in a world where everybody gets it, like everybody knows that, uh, that we do things over Zoom now and, or, or other platforms like that. And so to produce videos with that type of uh, um, uh, content is, is totally acceptable now. And so that was the biggest shift that, that we've done. Um, now that we're getting out of the pandemic a little bit more, we've started to travel again and, and going around the country and, and shooting videos. Um, but, uh, but there's still a need for these types of, uh, uh, remote, um, uh, video recordings that we do. And so, uh, we found good platforms to use that are better than uh, than Zoom to record off of, the, but still do it remotely. And and uh, so I'd say that's the biggest shift that that we've seen as far as like uh, being busy and uh, work uh, that we're bringing in. I'd say the last two years have been some of the uh, the busiest years we've ever had at Avalanche. So the, the the video production hasn't gone away just because the pandemic hit. So. Other than those interviews you guys have been doing online, like what kind of uh, productions have you been involved with uh, during the pandemic? We also uh, produced a lot of animated stuff, right? Which, uh, which that didn't change at all. So, so something's changed. Animation didn't change. Um, you know, when we get voice artists to come in and, and record, we have a, a sound booth where they can record. But most voice artists nowadays have their own booth that they can uh, 
recording at home or at least a setup that that records really good quality uh, audio and so we're able to do that completely remotely that didn't affect us at all um, products were still being produced and we made product videos for those uh, those individuals or companies we have a lot of local clients so we still went in and and uh, and filmed uh, organizations and in, in their um, in their work um, we did do a lot of stuff like uh, like we have a client that that uh, hosts a uh, a suicide uh, prevention uh, 5K that they put on every year, and and so we still go out to those events and uh, and record those events and interview people at those types of events. So um, I would say um, the most of what we did kind of stayed the same. It just added this other element of uh, of these Zoom interviews and Zoom videos that we produced. Now that we're kind of getting out of it a little bit, you know, still part of it, but. Yeah, with like the vaccine rollout, how I guess like the last couple of months, especially like through the summer, how have you guys like been adjusting back to like that that kind of regular flow of things? What's the transition been like? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. We have some clients that require everyone on our crew to be vaccinated, and we we basically if there if there's a COVID requirement that our clients or the state uh, requires of us, we'll follow those uh, and be compliant with that. And so even if our client wants us to do more things than, than the state is asking us to do, we'll, we'll follow those uh, those compliances and, and do that. Um, but as things are, are getting back to, uh, uh, to normal, um, yeah, we've just been, I, I think I kind of forgot the, <laughs> the thrust of the question you asked, but, um, but uh, yeah, we, we still have to be uh, cautious of, of the, the virus. You know, we fortunately where we work, we have a, a big enough studio and office where um, we're all spread out. And so, uh, you know, the we've got six people in the building where, where I work and, and the person closest to me is, is usually about 20 to 30 feet away all day long. And so, um, so it, it really didn't affect us all that much as far as that goes. And then also uh, most of the people that we film with are freelance uh, filmmakers, right? And so um, we just, uh, we're not uh, in contact with them daily. So it, it kind of, uh, um, it, we, our, our crews uh, grow and, and shrink according to the needs of the video. So Okay. Well, have you guys gone back to like uh, travel for any like stuff that's like, you know, like required you to maybe like uh, do stuff like on the on location and whatnot? Oh, sure. Sure. I mean, we've done stuff on location all through Utah throughout the entire pandemic. And then, mm. you know, we've been in uh, uh, I think my latest out of state shoot was in Kansas City a couple of weeks ago. We we flew out to a rail yard out there and, and got some uh, some cool footage of uh of uh, the rail yard there and and yeah so we're we're pretty much back to uh normal at this point as far as traveling and and uh and doing other stuff so i think the only thing we haven't done uh for work uh since the pandemic is international travel uh but i think that we'll start to do that again here pretty soon too mm, nice you know now that we're we're kind of going back to this normal stuff obviously you know there's been like I know for a lot of companies, there's now been like this issue of like now that like people have been off the grind for a while, like having to do this remote stuff, getting back into the swing of things to like how things were beforehand. I know has been a little bit of a struggle depending on who they are. 
sounds like you guys have made it work pretty well. But I am kind of curious, though. Um, you're still doing a lot of those same projects that you guys were transitioning to during the the pandemic when oh, it was like, hitting the like hardest. The Zoom stuff. Yeah, like how has how have you guys kind of been like splitting that between going back to like regular like shoots and uh the kind of stuff you were doing like when the pandemic was hitting you guys the hardest yeah so like tomorrow we're even recording a uh, 30 minute uh television show over zoom right like it's <laughs> uh it's crazy what what it's kind of a news show thing that that's being broadcast and and uh yeah so that we, we still do that zoom stuff and i don't think the zoom stuff's going to go away i think we're going to continue uh to produce stuff that way because uh, frankly, it's it's uh, more economical for our clients uh, to produce that way, and some stuff some stuff that we've produced with video needs to have just amazing production value. It needs to look incredible. It needs to be very cinematic and and big, but other stuff just doesn't need to be. You know, we live in a world of of uh, podcasts and other things where where you know we used to like when I did podcasts before the pandemic, we'd, we'd go into studios and record podcasts mm -hmm. like this. And now we can, we can do it more casually over zoom. And, and, uh, and, and I think the world, I, I think there's a lot of benefits to it. So uh, in the future, I think everything that we were doing before uh, at Avalanche studios, we're going to continue to do. And uh, everything that we did during the pandemic we're also going to continue to do. And, uh, and really that's just keeping us super busy because, because we were able to pivot a little bit of how we did business during the, uh, the pandemic. And now that it's coming to a close, we're, we're able to do all the new stuff that we learned how to do and all the old stuff that we've been doing for decades. And, and so now we get to do both. So. Okay. So long-term, you don't think this pandemic and what happened is going to change severity of like you know the way like the film business is working overall you just think there's going to be like more variety in terms of the types of projects due to yep. like the kind of remote uh nature of everything yep that's exactly right so i think everything that you saw before the pandemic you're going to continue to see and after the pandemic you're also going to continue to see what you saw during the pandemic i, I think it just added uh more to what everyone can do and will do Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Well, like that's my opinion. I could be wrong. Like, like I kind of hope that the, uh, the zoom stuff goes away and, and we get, cause it's more fun to be on location. It's more fun to, mm -hmm. uh, to be using, uh, beautiful cameras and getting a beautiful image. Um, but, uh, but we'll do, we'll do it either way. Right. Like we'll, we'll keep busy and, and, uh, we'll keep working. Yeah. Whatever you gotta do. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right, well, you know, I guess uh, just say best of luck to you on uh, all your future endeavors. And uh, yeah, I'd love to check out some of those uh, projects you guys have on the way. And uh, yeah, I'll definitely check out some of the stuff you mentioned earlier. And uh, yeah, like I said. Yeah. I mean, the the big one for us is that uh, Dog Valley documentary. We uh, A lot of the stuff we do is for hire and... Uh, and it doesn't get the the passion and uh, that that we have for film a lot of times, right? But the uh, but this project's an important project, the the Dog Valley documentary, and and uh, and we're really proud of what it what it uh, turned out to be, and and hope it can actually change and improve lives. So, 
um, yeah, check that out for sure. I'd love to get your thoughts on that. Sure, man. And want to thank you very much for your time. You know, good luck on everything, man. Okay, appreciate it. You too. Take care. And that's all we have for you guys today. Thanks for listening and be sure to tune into episode four, where we'll discuss the impact that COVID-19 has had on art museums.